recording. All right. I think everything is uh, looking good. All right. So am I. And we are back, Mike, to the sight and sound list. We're back to high quality. Oh, goody. High quality cinema, Mike. <laughs> uh, we're here to talk about a movie that's only 60 minutes long. So right in your wheelhouse. I know you like that. We're here to talk yes. about Black Girl, um, which is a movie from, I think, 1966. A uh, movie made in Senegal and a movie I knew nothing about going in. Um, and to, but you owned I owned a copy, didn't know anything about it, <laughs> which is pretty much me to a T. Um, and it was very funny because Tessa sat down to watch it with me and she's like, what's it about? I'm like, I don't know. And I don't want to know. It's only 60 minutes. If you tell me anything about it, you're going to tell me everything about it. So I don't want to know. It's anything. in the title, lady. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's going to, there's going to be a it's black about girl. Black girl. Sure. It's fine. <laughs> Given the time period, I'm sure it's going to be uh, very pleasant. Yeah, yeah. They, late 60s, post-colonialism. I'm sure it's going to be great. Mm. Uh, real happy-go-lucky rom-com, right? Mm. Not so much. <laughs> so, <laughs> I'm I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this movie because it is not <laughs> for a six mm. for a sixty minute movie. It's uh, not quickly paced. It feels I think it feels no. longer than an hour. Um, not in a negative way necessarily, but it certainly takes its time. Um, so what did what did you think of Black Girl, Mike? Well. I mean, it's okay. It is heavy um, because it's it's really about the uh, I guess modern slavery mm-hmm. in a way. As yeah. far as where it's you know you're you're a hired hand, but you don't have any ability to <clears throat> leave the house. Uh, you don't really control your finances mm-hmm. in any way. You're cut off from your family, um, and I guess mainly this uh, our main character, this woman here, you know, she moves to France to see France, to have a new start mm-hmm. and doesn't get to experience France or the, the French at all. Or I guess, you know, the, uh, to, to quote dumb and dumber as I should in this. Yeah. Uh, perfect, you know. <laughs> perfect pairing. Yes. I love it. Continue. <laughs> you know, <laughs> uh, I'm not, not exact quote, but paraphrasing, you know, it's like the French are assholes. I mean, that's, that's the, that's what she quickly, yeah. quickly learns. Here. Yes. Um, wealthy French people, yeah. uh, because I'm all for historically, Poor French people. Mm-hmm. I love the way they fucking race yeah. out when they do when they decide they've had enough. Up with their fucking heads. And Let's go. <laughs> and you're seeing a little bit of it now. You know, in the last year, you've seen. Uh, I, I like the the cut of their jib. I believe that's what they say. <laughs> yeah, that's, that's very French. Saying. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I actually, you know, I I dug this movie because it's. Um, <laughs> I'll make it about me. Let's see how I can good really speak. Okay, to black girl, middle aged black us. man. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It is very much about, I guess, uh, aspiring to uh, middle class mm-hmm. and just being kicked in the guts repeatedly. Um, and our main character quickly uh, becomes a, a rabble rouser <laughs> and a bit of a smart yeah. ass. Boy, did I enjoy the hell out yeah. of that. Like, it's not very, I mean, it's not a long movie, but it's not like she puts up with a lot of shit and then it's like the last 10 minutes. Um, which, okay. Spoiler alert for black girl. Uh, this isn't a Dave selection suicide again. <laughs> like, Oh my goodness. Sound. <laughs> this one's not on me, <laughs> but it's not that she just takes it and then ends her life in, in pain and uh, misunderstood trauma. Like she starts to, to bite back yeah. on these people and she starts to make them recognize 
uh, how they are treating her as an other. Uh, they don't change, no. of course, but it's still put out there. Like the 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 meeting is had. That's like you you know you're an asshole, right. right? Like you realize you're the asshole in this conversation. I dug all that. I didn't expect it. I, I guess I expected a more uh, passive voice, and said she's a very active uh main character as far yeah. as expressing to us the audience as far as what her hopes and dreams are and this is bullshit um actually it was pretty high in this movie nice. I, mean, I, I i was surprised i was really into it yeah it's interesting <clears throat> for a lot of times a a suicide in a film does feel a little like you're the character is giving up and like quietly going away and that's not what this is it's like oh oh you're gonna treat me like that i have no way to get home all right you're gonna have to deal with my dead fucking body in your house how about them apples mm-hmm. like it's very you're gonna do some it's work. very aggressive <laughs> like and i was just i was kind of into it like this this actually works very well and there's also some i think for for a movie this short there's so much underneath the surface i really like the sequences where we go back in time and we see her happier and joyous and have energy and fall in love and all these things and it have it's done really quickly and really efficiently uh but we learn a lot about her because it's the beginning of this movie she is kind of an enigma we don't really know much about her and it slowly kind of unravels to show us who she is why she went how this all started, how this working relationship began, and why she would go with these strangers to this other country. Like, yeah, France, I'm sure, is beautiful and great. I'm about to go there soon on my honeymoon. But it's like, why do you trust these people? going to have the same experience. That's right. I hope it's going to be a little better. <laughs> hope this is not the end for me. Um, but I also think, like, her performance is just stunning. It's a be- It's just a wonderful performance that's done with not a lot of dialogue. So that's that's no easy feat. And I also really enjoyed the the symbolism of the mask um, that they kind of take with them because when it's on the wall, when they're in her country, it's surrounded by other faces. And then when they take it away and bring it to France, it's alone on a wall, just like she is. She has no one to talk to. She has not even the kids that she's supposed to take care of. Like, they're nowhere to be seen for the majority of this movie, and she's stuck with this drunk asshole and this woman who treats her like garbage. Like, that's that's your only interactions, and you just have to sit there and take it. Um, and I think you get a lot from her, and you get a lot from the movie in a really short period of time. Also, as a hater of children, uh, I enjoyed the perspective uh, this film seems to posit that there's nothing interesting about your kids. If it's not, if it's not our main character's children, if it's not your own children, no one else gives a fuck about what they're doing, uh, how cute or not cute they are. It's, I think the only reaction you can get from people is I'm good or bad. Um, I'm glad that (laughs) that one's not mine. (laughs) That's, that's the thing. It's like, Oh, that looks fun. Glad I didn't have to do that, but I'm, you know, you're having a good time or like that looks miserable. Um, that's something that a, uh, a guy who told me, oh, it'll change your life. Um, he was like really encouraging me to, to have children. But then he said, I don't give a shit about other people's kids. I'm like, then why would you want me to have right. children? Like, you, Because, <laughs> Mike, he wants you to be in pain like he is. This is what mm. all. This is why parents tell other people they should have kids. Because they're like, I want someone else to complain to who will understand what I'm going through. And me personally, I got no interest in that nonsense. I'm not, I'm not trying to feel your pain, sir. 
I guess that's the one good thing about the state of our economy and the world is that uh, people said, well, we, we can't afford that yep. shit. So yep. good. Uh, it'll be better for the planet. Uh, let's just have less humans. Right. Um, because, you know, your your child probably will just make this a worse place. I mean, statistically speaking. Yep. It's a pretty good chance. <laughs> these little monsters that <laughs> surround us. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. So as I was watching this movie, also, I think it does a terrific job of putting something forward that is really uncomfortable to watch. There's a, there's a sequence where there's like a dinner party and this old man is like, basically like I've never kissed a black girl before. and just like forces himself onto her and no one reacts. No one is like, Oh my God, this is so embarrassing. Please stop. Why would you ever do that? <laughs> no, it's more like, yeah, it's probably true. Yeah. yeah. A, I mean, let, him, let him check that off. Yeah. The it's list. just yeah, like, Oh, it's, when else would he have the opportunity other than someone at work? <laughs> Like that's essentially at their job. Right. This um, woman is just trying to cook and clean and do her job. And this gross old man is forcing himself on her. And I. Which yet again, not to remove the blackness of the film, but you can extrapolate that out to almost anyone probably in the service industry yes. to have this, this put upon nature that you are here for me. Right. Like whatever you're doing. And uh, you have to just you know, grin and bear man, it. And woman. Like you can't, yes. you can't yeah. react even mm -hmm. if it's inappropriate. Like, there's a scene right after that where she kind of retreats back to the kitchen and the lady of the house is kind of like basically berates her a little bit. Like, why are you having such a strong reaction? What the fuck's wrong with you? Hey. What's the problem? Chop, chop. Where's our rice? Be a little bit more, <laughs> like, be a little bit more entertaining. Yeah. You know, let's, let's why don't you doing? smile? Like, why don't production. you smile a little more? And it would be fine. <laughs> it's a lot of that kind of energy. And it's, it's interesting, especially for the movie from the sixties to have this kind of, you know, honestly, this black perspective, like you didn't actually see that much in 1965, 1966. Like at that point, we were still even a long way from like black exploitation films. Right. So to see this in this style of movie is kind of shocking and kind of revolutionary. Like even now to watch it now, I'm kind of like, oh, like very taken aback by it. I mean, yeah, you, I mean, you honestly don't really see much of it now yeah. either as far as. Like, I mean, a perspective other than like, I it, I have a, uh, my wife has a friend that, you know, she made the, a pretty, I think, common comment uh, in, t in today's age, which is like, I think I've like heard enough from like straight white guys. Mm. And as a straight white guy, I'm like, well, have you listened to my podcast? <laughs> I, got, I got a few of them. Have you tried that out? Yeah. yeah maybe that's maybe a different perspective. Maybe, that's maybe that's the straight whiteness you need is in podcast. You just need form. to keep trying uh, with the straight white guys. You might find one really worth listening to. It's me. Not really a strong uh differentiating uh, starting point in the realm of podcasts, uh, because especially movie podcasts. Well, yeah. But, straight uh, white guys talk about movies revolutionary mike <laughs> but uh, you know there's there's that defensiveness that creeps up where it's like i don't take that in consideration really as far as like i would refuse like yeah. I've, I've met my threshold of that on the other hand like i also you know do we watched a film that uh was from i think either both fairly brothers or or one of them i don't know um so it's yet again Two more straight white guys <laughs> presenting, but what they chose to present was a small pocket uh, of a world that uh, probably most people do not have. It is mm -hmm. a sports comedy, and I enjoyed that. And it's like it's not exactly like 
getting an, an authentic perspective because they're probably just hired on to like a comedy script sure. or whatever. Um, I do enjoy people like seeking things out. Uh, that is something like curiosity is something I enjoy about people. And that's, you know, it's one of the most damning things in this movie is that it's this, I guess just face value curiosity. Like, Oh, you come from an, another country, right? Mm-hmm. Well, that's, you're different. <laughs> And you probably should be grateful that you're not there anymore. I know nothing about it or your life, but I just assume you should be grateful that you're now in our world. Mm-hmm. However, we won't let you participate in our world as we live it, that sort of thing. Um, so I, I think it's you're right as far as seeing this from like the 1960s, seeing a, a classic piece of cinema have that perspective is interesting. Uh it gets depressing if you start to think like, well, how many films have I seen from the, from a black perspective, black filmmaker? How many? And then go, you take that a step further. And then how many films have we seen from a uh, black filmmaker's voice? That's not necessarily about blackness. It's mm. just their view of the outside right. world because that's, that's sort of the next step is like, well, you can, you know, uh, if you want to just portray, I think uh, Jordan Peele is saying like, I just, you know, I want to have, you know, uh, black main characters in my film. That's totally fine. Right. But I would love if, you know, Ava DuVernay is able to just, I don't know, do a movie with Jessica Chastain. Right. That's not bad, is it? Mm-hmm. Not not too mm-hmm. bad, is it? If Jessica Chastain's mm, <laughs> the lead in every movie. <laughs> but you get my point yeah. as far as uh, they can add something to, even if it's not about um, living as a black person. And I think that's, right. that's something that probably, not trying to sneak it in on people, but uh, we would all be better served if you, yes. if you had that, if you had more... I guess more cooks in the kitchen, but not in the Marvel sort of way of cooks in the kitchen right, where right. Uh, we remove all artistic influence. But I guess the other side of this is we always – we sit around a lot and complain about like how much content there is, right? Mm. Which translates into there's only so much content that can be put on major screens, right, right. as opposed to streaming. So it, it becomes difficult to parse. Like, yes, there should be more cooks in the kitchen. Everyone should have this opportunity. But there's a limited amount of space, especially in the world we live in right now with, you know, Marvel and DC and the Disney conglomerate taking up so many screens. Like you go, if there's a big release, like Ant-Man came out, right? That means maybe you've got four movies that you can see other than that, Right. So if there's even anything, if there's anything else that happens to have, you know, an IP behind it, okay, now you got three, right? So it gets smaller and smaller and smaller. And because the Hollywood as a group does not see, it's not interested in anything specific. They're interested in four quadrant things, right? Actually, uh, Viola Davis talked about this when she was talking about getting money for the woman king. Where it's like it did really well in test audiences with black women and the the folks at the studio were like, basically, who gives a shit? What about the white guys? We need the, the young white males because they go to the movies a lot. So then it becomes like, okay, it's all – and of course it's about money, right? It's an industry, but it's also an art form. So it's like where are the lines here? And it gets really complex mm. really, really quickly because then if you have all of your black voices – on streaming, then it's like, okay, now we're just burying black voices and not giving a chance to uplift right. on a major screen. So unless you're Jordan Peele, you don't get that shot. 
you know, uh, given that we now know, like with hindsight, um, I don't know what that affected as far as changes in the production or the marketing for the woman King, but they sold it as an action movie and it did well. So, I mean, unfortunately, like if that's taken as a lesson, like, Oh, okay. Well, the woman King that that had broad uh, appeal Mm -hmm. because it was an action movie. I don't know if that's the lesson they're going to take from it. I also want to catch myself. The the fairly brothers movie I was mentioning is something called champions, which will either be out or just around the corner when we release this, this episode, I was afraid. I was like, since I didn't name it, because it has a generic title, uh, are people going to think I was talking about Green Book? <laughs> I mean, if you're not beyond that, so that would not surprise me. The The other thing I thought about while I was watching this movie, like, which isn't necessarily about race in particular, but there is certainly a crossover here, is, you know, you kind of briefly mentioned this whole idea of working in service. Um, and there's a lot of moments here where she does her job, doesn't smile, doesn't placate anyone and people have a really hard reaction to that and then i just start thinking about you know because i think you start putting yourself in the position of this person and i was like i wonder how people react if they saw my facial reactions when i was at my job probably not great Mm. right because there are moments where you roll your eyes and you just get through it because you're in your office alone and like whatever um but women like the main character here are expected not only to do their job perfectly and to look perfect and to go above and beyond, but also to deal with people pushing themselves on them and not react or worse expected to react happily, which I feel like that's what this group wanted her. That's how they wanted her to react was like kind of coquettishly or giggling or whatever. And her reaction is a totally natural reaction a stranger pushes themselves on, on you and you back up and you you look uncomfortable. And yet everyone's looking at her like, God, what's her problem? And I was just like, man, being in the service industry, regardless of color, but then you add in race to that aspect and it gets even more complex and more difficult. But like, man, that is a rough, rough situation to be in. And you add the fact in this movie, she doesn't speak the language. And she doesn't know anyone and there's no escape. She cannot leave. She cannot go home. She de- Not only does she not have the money to, she doesn't know how to. She's in a foreign country where she doesn't speak the language and she has no way to escape. She is completely trapped. And as I watch this movie, as I get about 30 or 45 minutes into it, I have the like, oh shit moment where I'm like, oh, well, this isn't going to end well. Like there's no, there's no out here. Like, no one's coming yeah, to the rescue. To it's going to be bad. To horror movie territory yes. in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that the, the feeling that there is, there's no escape. Um, and it's just sort of... Yeah, I mean, going back to the, the sort of job aspect of it, that this is... Uh, this is uh, the fate of my life right. is is putting up with these these people, with this, this bullshit. Like, this is... It's a dream that I I asked for, and I'm you know I don't think that the characters presented is naive. Like she sure. knows she's going to work, mm-hmm. but she sees it as an opportunity to be in a different place and different culture, and she's willing and open to to experience that with some of the other bullshit of I'm here to do a job. Right. Um, I I wanted to kind of get a little bit meta here as far as the placement of this film because I do not I do not believe you can correct me if I'm wrong that this was in the sight and sound from ten years no, ago. No. Uh, or before, um, 
you know, we're, we're talking about different voices and that sort of the put upon nature. It seems like there was a sort of broad uh, reaction, if it was a negative one, that now you're you're forcing film fans basically to check these out. You, know, you, you talked about modern cinema being relegated to basically the straight to DVD bins of, of streaming mm-hmm. where it can be safely ignored. Right, so it's like, right. yeah, if you're not Jordan Peele, it's like, okay, there's a, a movie from a, a, a trans filmmaker, but it went straight to Netflix or Hulu. Right. So right. I don't really have to worry about it. Whereas if it was something like a Fairly Brothers uh, sports comedy, it will at least get a release and it is going to be in the market. It's going to be a thing where you're going to sit in the previews and you're going to, you may not choose to buy a ticket, but it exists Mm -hmm. and it's sort of being pushed to the broader public Mm -hmm. where maybe family member or friend is going to check it out. A coworker. This obviously sight and sound is not for the, (laughs) the general audiences. They don't know it exists. They don't care. They certainly don't listen to our podcast. Uh, mainly, (laughs) uh, because of me, uh, Dave, because I'm the straight straight white white guy. I'm just bringing us down. God bless. (laughs) God damn it. (laughs) Give us a buck and listen to me rave about magic. Mike's last dance. Now you won't think he's straight by the end of that. I can guarantee you. I want to know. So what do you think about, this, as far as, yeah, you know, I guess you could say like the Academy Awards, the world, you know, the Academy Awards 30 years ago used to be something that was, was mainstream <laughs> and at least, uh, you know, true. You know, my mom and dad would know like, Oh, that was uh, like uh, one of the best movies of the year. Like they would know who, what the five were, even right. if they hadn't seen them. So what do you think of that idea as far as, is that the role of these type of lists? Is it about what is truly honoring the best or is it about, uh, curating, sort of a broad spectrum of like, here's what the form can accomplish with all these various voices. So <laughs> I think it depends on, I, I think, and I'm not knocking this movie because right. I like this movie. So this is not the case where I, I hated something. And I'm like, why do we have to talk? about right. it? That's right. not what I'm saying, but I do think there are people who would skip it and yes. include this one. in. That. Yes. I, I think the goal of the list is the latter. I think it's, creating curating a giant list of what the form can do in all of its styles but the mistake that gets made is they pump it up as in it's the best right these are the best reviewed films of all time but that's not really what it's about especially the more recent ones because they made such a big effort to include more modern films more films by women, more films by non-white filmmakers. So it's not just that it's the best. It's that we want a full context, a full picture of what film is. And if you leave out Get Out, if you leave out Black Girl, then you're going to miss an important part of cinema and a view that, like we talked about, not a lot of the mainstream audience gets. Because it's not pushed, because it's not seen as a moneymaker. So this is an opportunity to see things from these different perspectives, which can be really enlightening, right? It's the old, it's the old Roger Ebert thing, right? The empathy machine. No matter who makes this film, if it's done well, you're going to be in that seat and you're going to be connected to it. And that is a powerful thing. Like, of course, we feel that because we watch movies all the time. But I think it's really important to hear these stories from these other perspectives, because if we just have the perspective of white men directing, even if they are, quote unquote, black stories, then I think we're missing something. 
right? We've seen slave narratives for decades from white perspectives. And when we saw 12 Years a Slave by a black director, it's a different feeling. It's a different experience. And I think if you're a film fan, I think you kind of owe yourself that different experience. Because why just continue to see the same thing or the same type of thing? That's not exciting. That's not fun. Slightly disagree with you. Don't start a podcast on it. You can listen no, no, to a podcast don't. on that experience. Send us fan don't. mail, uh, but don't don't start your own. It's a crowded field. Don't, <laughs> don't jump in this uh, particular jacuzzi. Yeah. You, know, you can, as you said, Dave. You can write us letters, but no, it's 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 the the water is a uh, it's kind of cold. You don't want to do yes. it. It's it's you know me and Dave are putting on the hard hat here to really <laughs> right. really work and strive to produce these things. Um, I want to go back to you, you know, saying this came out in, uh, 1966. I also think it's important for, uh, younger audiences and I'll, this may be one of the last times I'll include myself <laughs> in that regard, uh, to know you can easily, I think the young can, you can look back on the past as something that, I mean, you know, it existed, but you don't seem to know that the people existed you don't right. really see how they lived in those times see it's all theoretical mm-hmm. as far as that's what the old people did those are the wars that were fought fought that's how people viewed things politically whatever and it's rare that you actually just see here's a record of what an, an average citizen an average person right. doing sort of average work how they were treated in the world and how they viewed the world around them in that time and how similar it can be in, in a depressing way how similar it can be to how you feel today right um and i'm that's not me saying that young people are stupid and they don't know any better and they need to listen to this podcast but the perspective uh, i think is helpful there that especially in you know film uh there's like a great sort of erasing of the fact that any of these people even had lives that were deemed cinematic at all um so that's that is something. Now, this is going to be the most positive version of this. I guarantee you, we're going to come across a movie that was added to this list, especially if it's like over two and a half hours long. I'm probably going to be like, all right. That's enough. <laughs> you pushed me too far. More than 60 minutes? Not interested. That is... Get Godfather 2 back in here. Jesus Christ. Mike's going to be like, where's Lawrence of Arabia? I know that's what he's going to be. Oh, did didn't make the list, Dave. Did not. Cut. Oh, that's a damn shame. Yeah, I know that's you're really. Yeah, that just means I got to program it on my own. It's gonna <laughs> happen someday. <laughs> I can't wait to attack the Dave pick of the month. Like, oh, here's another blue-eyed blonde white guy just ah, conquering but millions. A lot of white people in brown face too. So, Jesus, <laughs> Dave. God, I'm going to have to look over my picks. I, I'm going to have to lighten the mood a little bit here. I think I've made some questionable decisions. Like, I'm going to have to be the, uh, you know, was it Stars or Cinemax comedies? I don't know. I don't think Stars has a lot of comedies, mm. though. I think they lean more thriller. Yeah. So I will find it. So basic cable comedy. Speaking of your bad decisions, what are we what are we watching next? You would mention that when uh, I do not have that in front of me, but uh, oh, yes, yes, I have it. Oh, I get you know, I've been boxed into a corner of my own making. Here. So um, you know, I mentioned the complaints earlier. You know, friends of friends that uh, I've heard enough. We should have heard enough from straight white guys. And I decided to select 
a documentary where a straight just the straightest white white man, um, a bartender um, from New England working in L.A. gets his big break finally, and he he will tell you many times. Finally, this is like uh, it has been decided. Like someone got their ass and decided to clear the path for the greatest new film. The Great White Hope is that (laughs) I. I, I guess uh, I've already forgotten his name is the guy that directed the boondock saints, Troy Duffy. Boy, that's Ugh, it's such name. a white Irish um, new England name. Like, yeah. Um, do I hope that's real or fake. I don't know. Uh, the guy's an asshole either way, <laughs> but the film I've selected um, would not fit actually with my, within my parameters. Cause it's a documentary about the making of the boondock saints, which I've never seen. And I probably never will. Uh, the Boondock Saints has a Rotten Tomato score of twenty nine percent, and I believe this overnight is in the seventies. Because boy, but if you, if you average like the guy, two, it's like fifty. So there you go. It's fine. There you go. <laughs> um, <laughs> if you are a, I guess, ignorant. I don't know if I should say ignorant. Ignorant hater of Boondock Saints, as far as that doesn't look good, and I've never watched it. You can still enjoy this movie because it shits all over. This guy and his massive ego. Um, and if you do like the Boondock Saints, I'm sorry. Don't subscribe. Yeah, just leave. <laughs> it's fine. We, you will not be missed. <laughs> Get out of here. <laughs> uh, yeah, so Mike's going the documentary route. So we're going to watch yeah. Overnight, which I think is on, it's on one of those streaming services with commercials. It's on various, uh, the sort of free with ads, um, because uh, this will not surprise you, Dave. I actually own a DVD <laughs> copy of it, but was too... You fucking would. <laughs> you, ho- Why? Hollywood video that went out of business. Uh, uh, so we're a small town in Kentucky had a great documentary Apparently. section. Apparently. Like, when they finally <laughs> had to take up shop. Uh, maybe that contributed to their, their business going under. Yeah. Uh, their inventory was excessive. Uh, but I will admit that I also watched it on like Tubi or something. Tubi, that's what it was. I just had to pick up my Apple TV remote. Yep. There we go. Done so, and done. Yes. Um, no audio problems, although you may hope that there will be if you listen to this guy for an hour and a half. Uh, but yeah, come back and uh, watch overnight uh, with this, and I will have plenty of clips for that episode. Yes. What Mike is saying is this is this is just as good as the verdict. That's what Mike is saying. So tune in on our next episode for that. In Troy Duffy's mind, he is, unfortunately, he is Paul Newman. Shut my mouth!